What drives you? What inspires you? Let's ignite your why. Welcome back to another episode of Ignite Your Why podcast. I'm your host, Austin T. Gullett. As you may know, we're here to have genuine conversations with authentic people to help amplify their voice and figure out what ignites their why. Today, we have the honor to speak with the one and only Trayvon Brooke. Trey was born and raised in Covington, Kentucky. He obtained his bachelor's degree in political science from Eastern Kentucky University. Currently, Trey is the co-founder of Venue and also the founder and CEO of SafeWave Technology. Trey, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, man. It's a pleasure to be here. I appreciate your time. Of course. I'm super stoked for this because I've had like the privilege, I guess you should say, Um, (laughs) to kind of just watch you grow (laughs) though. And when you think about it, like we met when we were what, sophomores, juniors in high school? Yeah, it might have been been earlier than that. I'm not sure, but yeah. It could have been. I think it might have been, it might have been grade school, honestly. Um, Yeah, I think it might have been, yeah, grade school. But just seeing like your journey Mm -hmm. of like where you came from and how you got to where you are is inspiring. And I was like, I got to get this dude on the podcast. (laughs) So how are you doing today, man? Doing well, man. Busy as always. Busy is good though, right? Um, But busy, but we're we're going. We're running. Busy. Hustling. I feel it. (laughs) Hustling. I feel that so much. I'm so so glad I'm not on the busy spectrum anymore. Uh I finally don't have to work seven days a week anymore. Oh, man. Yeah, that's, 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 that's... that's lucky, man. That's it lucky. feels nice. It feels good. Yeah. <laughs> so let's just hop straight into this, man. Uh, what is your story? Yeah, man. So just a little bit about me. Um, as you said, I'm from Covington, Kentucky. Um, raised in a single mother household, three younger brothers, became the man of the house uh, around the age of 12, that type of thing. Um, and then from there, you know, graduated, moved out to Erlanger, ended up going to Lloyd for a year, graduated from Dixie Heights High School. <laughs> Um, from there, ended up going to Eastern Kentucky University, got my bachelor's, as you stated. Um, but really, man, um, I'm, I'm just a, I believe I'm just a guy that's been brought up in a hustle, man. Just my story more so just starts as any other story, regular guy that just, you know, had, had a, had a hunger in his stomach that I think came from almost my childhood, kind of that thing, being the man of the house, the leadership role. But really, yeah, man, that's, that's kind of the story, I guess you can say, the back end story. I, <laughs> I feel it. Yeah. Do you mind going a little bit more into your childhood? Like of you course. said, like at the age of 12, you had to be the man of the house. So mm-hmm. what was it like taking on that kind of responsibility at such a young age? Um, Honestly, it, it, it's weird when I think about that now, kind of, because as I said, so like right now I'm 26, right? So that means that I've lived 14 years of life being the man of the house, being that kind of dominant figure, male figure um, in my brother's lives. So I would say, you know, when I look at that, it's almost like now I look at it like it's just expected. Whereas if I kind of look back now thinking about it, being at the age of 12, it's kind of, um, I guess you can say, I, I think that's the reason I really grew the way I grew, if that makes sense. Because at that young age, when you're, you know, making decisions or, um, you know, you're just starting to learn things, you really begin to build certain characteristics of yourself. Um, so I think that really it's just, you know, that 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 phase of life was a it was a very, very important phase to basically build myself into what I am today. 
It makes sense. sense. Yeah. It, yeah. It's kind of interesting. I wanted to know because like as a, the, the younger sibling, mm-hmm. I never really had that uh, sense of being a role model for someone younger yeah. than me until I really got into high school and started realizing like, oh, people do kind of look up to you. And that's kind of where I found my passion is just being that role model, especially from Covington. And I love having people from Covington on here because I feel like there's a stigma to Covington. Yeah, and I definitely agree with that too, you know, right? So it's it's almost a thing of oh, it's another it's another kid without a father figure at a young age from Covington. This guy isn't, you know, it's like you said, you just fall into this, you know, this little stigma where it's just you are this person this age. This is the reason why you're that kind of guy, you know. I definitely love like you said, I I stand tall and I I I have a lot of pride behind Covington and what I do and Anybody that knows what I do, I always give Covington a stamp because it's just letting everybody know that Covington is just as creative as anywhere else. It's just, you know, there's different situations and different opportunities. Right. It's like people try to... Same as everywhere else. They think of like statistics and it's just like, you're not supposed to do this because of this and that. And it's kind of why I like doing this is because I want to show people that no matter where you come from, it doesn't define who you are. Mm -hmm. It's just a part of you. Yeah. It just plays a role in shaping you. And 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 I definitely, yeah, I definitely agree with that 100%. And that's kind of the shaping thing, too, is that, like, just to keep it, you know, on topic with the with the age thing is I definitely feel like that is, that that's the molding piece, the piece, you know, when you're 12 and you're the man of the house and now you're making executive decisions, as I like to call them. You know, you're you're the one setting the bedtime. You're the one making sure that, you know, homework's okay. We're making sure I'll, you, you step in that role and then from there you just grow. And each year it's just more and more. So 26 now, looking back, it's... I've been a lot. I've been the. I basically I've been in the man of the house longer than I've went without being the man of the house. So makes yeah. sense. Yep. So I'm really excited for this next section of the whole podcast because I feel like you've done so much and there's mm-hmm. so much to talk about. So it leads me to my next question: Is what inspires you? But more importantly, what ignites your why? <sighs> man, yeah, that's a deep question. <laughs> so, um, what inspires me, honestly? Um, I'm first and foremost, I always get in. It, it sounds kind of strange, but I'm inspired by progress, if that makes sense. So I feed off of people's energy and their progression in a different way than most. So really, it ties into also my why, because I feel like when I see somebody able to accomplish something, I now have seen that happen. So I feel like what's different for me and him, I can accomplish what they accomplished. And my why is because, like I said, I have younger brothers. But outside of younger brothers, my younger brothers have friends that I also look at as younger brothers. So now I'm in a position, I feel like I'm in a position now that I can really start changing that mindset behind the youth in not only Covington, but the world in general. So I think that my why with everything I do really falls back on just being able to be a positive influence and showing these younger individuals things that I had to go and fumble through. Being anything from starting a business to how to work with a investor, how to work with a mentor, how to work with anything like that. Um, I think the the big why, you know, comes all down to is just being a being a major influence on younger individuals that really didn't have the guidance that I can say I had. Whereas, like I said, I fumbled through and I had to make the mistakes to learn from the mistake versus what can we do to prevent that? Right. You just want to be that that role model. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where it comes down to is you've experienced so many other things that you don't want someone who could be in a similar situation as you to experience those same things. And it's knowledge is power. I feel mm-hmm. like the, I 
feel like that's very important 100%. is the more you know, the more you learn and the mm-hmm. more you can grow. Yeah. And I think watching you and seeing your story develop, you are inspiring other people, whether you know it or not. I appreciate um, that. You're literally like a year older than me, but yeah. like I still kind of look up to you in that sense. I appreciate that. Just seeing your success and how things have just taken off from 2019 to now is super amazing, honestly. Yeah. So congratulations. <laughs> I appreciate first of all. that. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Um, it's definitely an interesting journey for sure. And I definitely, um, you know, I, I definitely can feel people, um, I guess you can say, not necessarily looking up, but more so following the journey and inspiring them, which I love. Um, I, I love that more than anything because, like I said, we're from Covington, we're from a small city. I got friends that's, you know, not anymore, but, you know, two or three years ago, I could have went back and looked at my friends and they're in their 20s and never seen the ocean before. And to me, it's like, what? Like, how are you limiting to the Ohio River? How are you limiting yourself to the Ohio River? So it's I love being able to come back in the same community and, and not let any judgment affect me and still be able to be who I am today. That that That's more so where, where I stand with it, really, is just I don't let anybody's how they feel about me affecting me. I'm still going to do what I do. Well, that's know? wild. <laughs> when I think of like myself, yeah. I feel like growing up for sure, like I always cared about mm-hmm. other people's opinions or thoughts of me kind of made you, made me like second guess. Like that's probably why I was shy mm-hmm. uh, just because I just didn't want people to think a certain way about me. So like I changed the way I like acted around you molded yourself into what they wanted you to be yeah 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 like i could like be with this group and then i could hang out with this group and Mm -hmm. like just i'm a completely different person Mm -hmm. and i think it wasn't until college where i was like hey like none of these people know me so like i it was kind of like a fresh start so it was kind (laughs) of and it's weird because now that i'm 25 i think like why did i let people have so much power Mm -hmm. over how i was feeling but I, I think that's everybody, though, because um, like me, I wasn't the most confident person. You know, I used to let people honestly get in my head where I thought that, you know, but at the end of the day, I always sat back and thought, you know, nobody owes me anything. So if nobody owes me anything, then how am I going to let them decide how I'm going to feel today? Like, I'm at the end of the day, people. when I go home, I don't really think about anybody else. So when I realize that I'm not thinking about anybody else, 99.9% of the time, nobody else think about me after it's it's an anxiety thing, I think, but for the most part, it's it's definitely yeah. I yeah. definitely say that because when I get home, I'm just like, what the hell am I gonna do? Yeah, see, <laughs> I'm gonna lay down. See, see? I gotta watch TV. <laughs> so I've gotta know. I feel like Safe Wave technology is your like baby right now. It's one of your biggest yeah biggest things that I see on social media. Yeah, that's the um, it's the baby. That's the that's the baby that hopefully turns into. The hawk and, and goes crazy, but uh, yeah, it's our baby, man. Uh, we started that project back in 2019. Um, I took it to Northern Kentucky University Small Business Program. Um, so for those who don't know, SafeWave Technology is a vibration-based wristband that connects to security systems, whether it's Ring, Simply Safe, ADT, all the big names, all that good stuff. Um, but the reason we created this is that currently in the market, there is no products that are targeting individuals who are deaf and hard of hearing. And it's insane to us because deaf and hard of hearing demographic takes up 15% of the U.S. market. So it's kind of insane to see that there's literally no products being built for the deaf and hard of hearing community. And when I say none, I really mean that like none, like, like there's none. It's an overlooked community. 
um, which is another reason I think I relate with the community so much is because I once again look at myself as a I am a minority. So I look at them as a minority as well, which is why I care about them so much. But um, yeah, it's a vibration based band that links to um, all these security systems. And um, it's been an amazing journey. I've learned so much through the process that I don't think I would have learned anywhere else. We own two patents. Um, I got one on design. I also have one on the utility, which protects the ideas behind it. And as I'm saying that now, I'm starting to remember the questions I asked previously. Like, it's insane to see the growth because I didn't, there's certain language or certain words that I didn't understand before that now seems so fluid to me. Like it's, it's insane to see the growth, but, um, no, yeah, Safeway's our baby. We, um, we we could really save a lot of individuals. Like we could save a bunch of lives and and really impact a, a huge demographic. And also of course, Make, make a couple of dollars off of it, right? <laughs> and, and, and hopefully we could bring that money back into the city and really invest into the youth in Covington. That's really what we want to do. We want to we want to use SafeWave as the first domino. Hopefully it blows up the way we project it to blow up in the next, you know, three to five years. Hopefully it gets as big and we can sell it off for a couple billions. That would be great, right? But in all reality, the goal with this project is really to make enough where we can really generate and create a central hub and um, – Covington for tech and um, these other kids that had these amazing ideas like the youth around this city is so it's so amazing just for the simple fact is when you don't have much you have to create much you know you have to create more so I really feel like there's a lot of talent in this area and just brilliant people man I always tell people like kids from Covington like they got it like they they have it. it they have it but it's just I always tell people it's what are we doing to give them the resources they need to be successful. There you go. And just the confidence in it, man. It's the confidence. Um, that really, that's really what it comes down to. You know, um, the confidence, the more people I've talked to and just the more people I've bumped into, it's just when you stop letting the city define you and you really show what you are, that's really when you start making strides. So when I graduated college, I actually got a position like two weeks out of college. I was the vice president of uh, marketing and sales for a company in Richmond, Kentucky. And my job was to bring it to Northern Kentucky and expand this company into a new region. It's, 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 it's insane because I walked into these rooms. Here I am, a 22-year-old guy, walking into this room with these 50, 60-year-old men who already have the stigma about you. And it's just, they kind of look down on you. So it, it reminded me of just, you know, being where we're from, how people always look down on you. And then now the revolt, the the roles are reversed almost now where I have these older, these older men now reaching out to me wanting to be a part of something that I have. So it's almost, you know, that switch around of just you never know what something is until it is. And it's just it's just an amazing journey to watch the shoe get flipped on the other foot. And the fact that we could pile through that and not give up. That's the, hey, that's the I best part. I feel like man. patience is key it, in every situation. It is, man. Patience and, and always uh, another thing I like to say, too, is just uh, logic over emotion always, too. That's another another thing of mine is we always think logical, not emotionally. Because emotions, you let emotions get that best of you. It's, hey, emotion. Yeah. My therapist always says emotions are powerful. <laughs> emotions are powerful. Very but powerful. sometimes, like, you need to address them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, like... I agree. It's that switch, knowing when to address things in certain situations and when not to. But I think it's amazing. Like I was doing research on <laughs> your organization yeah. uh, before you came because I was like, I'm not just going to have a conversation and not know anything about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it's honestly like dope. Like yeah, what I you're doing that, is yeah, well that. needed. It uh, mm-hmm. made me think of one of my friends that I worked at Apple with mm-hmm. uh, just which I just realized this is the first time I've said I worked at Apple on this podcast. There you go. Because I wasn't allowed to talk about it before. There you go. Put the drums in the back. (laughs) (laughs) But um, 
he like communicate like the way he communicates at work mm-hmm. uh, is like phenomenal, and it's something like I can see myself introducing him to, uh, just because you never know. Like networking is key, people, but I think it's just dope. So like for me, I've always wondered is like where did the idea come from? Like why deaf and hard of hearing communities? Yeah, man. So it's. First and foremost, when it comes to me, I look at myself as an innovator. I like to think that I'm a very, I'm very powerful when it comes to creating envisions. Like that's like my strongest suit alongside of networking. I can network my ass off, right? So how this entire idea came about was um, the scenario I'm about to say, everybody's probably already been through, right? Sleeping in bed, a fire alarm goes off, you wake up, you check the situation. Nine times out of ten, it's nothing. Somebody could have been cooking, anything could have been happened. The alarm went off and you're just going to see what it was. So the same thing happened to me. Fire alarm went off. I went to go check what it was. It was nothing serious. The first emotion that I experienced was frustration. A, because of the simple fact is it just got me up out of bed for no reason at all, right? But the second emotion that followed right after was a grateful feeling almost because the way, so the way my mind works, like I said, I'm an innovator. The next thought my mind went to was, well, what if I didn't hear it and it was something serious and I burned in this house and I died, right? What if it was something serious? Well, Trayvon, there happens to be people that are deaf and hard of hearing. So that right there made it click. Well, what, you know, what things are out there for people like this? What, what, what type of devices, solutions are out there in the market? And I searched and I searched and I found nothing. So I'm like, okay, this is strange. Let me take this idea to Northern Kentucky. So I took it to Northern Kentucky Small Business Department. I linked up with a guy named Zach Strobel. Zach, I told Zach the idea. I was like, man, we, what we need to do is create this vibration type of, type of device. And if a fire alarm goes off or if a break-in happens, it'll vibrate on their wrist and it will wake them up out of their sleep. And he looked at me and he said, man, dude, it sounds like you're describing something that's out there. He was like, let me look at it for a week and I'll get back to you. So he looked at it for a week and he emailed me and he was like, Trayvon, we, there's nothing out here like this product. Like, you have a one-of-a-kind product. Nobody's ever created this. And I was like, yeah, you know, it's kind of what we were telling you a little bit. But then he was like, well, come to the small business department, whatever, so on and so forth. We built a relationship. Um, next thing you know, NKU paid for me. I went and pitched at TCU, which is Texas Christian University. Um, they host a value and ventures pitch competition, which is rated number two in the United States of America. So we had the privilege of pitching at the number two pitch competition in the United States of America. And from there, we were getting feedback on just different demographics. So we were targeting the deaf and hard of hearing, but we had people in the audience talking about expecting mothers with baby monitors to vibrate. We had people in the crowd that were talking about dementia and Alzheimer's, special needs. And it really just, the way the idea came from just a simple wake up from a fire alarm, it ended up rolling into something that's so much deeper and so much so much more effective in the world than we ever thought it was going to be. Because when we first came into it, it was just like, oh, it's a vibration band. We could just connect it this and we could just, we could compete with Ring and make this whole big security system and da da da. But at the end of the day, it's not about reinventing the wheel. It's just adding your mark on that wheel that's going to make that big of a difference. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what slowed us down. We released the wearable device and uh, yeah, man, came about from waking up and being frustrated with a fire alarm. That's. That's wild. That's how it came about. Yeah, it's not, there's <laughs> but, nothing crazy, but that's that's really how it came but about. But it, it goes to show that, like, the littlest things that happen in life, like, I always tell people, may not make sense in the moment, but later on, like, it might. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you just found, like, your passion right then and there. And you're hitting a demographic that I feel like needs attention, mm-hmm. uh, especially because, like, 
the disadvantages there are to that community that don't get addressed. And I think this is something that has no limitations. I feel like the there's a glass ceiling above that can really just go wherever with it. And if you just keep at it, like promise you, like there's someone out there that will benefit from it. I yeah, sure. we um it's it's crazy because so we've we've run like case studies and talked to people of course not. So like for example, two two months ago there was actually an individual in Toledo, Ohio, sixty nine year old sixty nine year old guy who was deaf. He actually ended up so there was a house fire, his house caught on fire he ended up, I mean, RIP, ended up dying in bed that night. Um, while reading through the article, the reason they were stating was because of lack of technology to notify an individual that is deaf and hard of hearing. So two months ago, the thought in my mind was, wow, we really could have gave this man a device that cost $79.99. And it would have saved his life. He would have been alive today. But then it also takes us back to other stories where we asked people, you know, we, we asked individuals in the community, what do you do if... What do you, you're deaf, you're right, you're deaf. What do you do if somebody does break into your home or does catch on fire? Like, what are your options? And he laughed, he laughed at me and he said, we die. And I was like, no, really, like, on a serious note, get serious with me because this is it's good information for my product. Like, what, what happens? And he got serious and he said, no, really, we die. And that right there really was like, that was the motivation behind everything. It, money went out the window at this point, right? This was back in 2019. Money went out the window at this point. It was that we could really make a real long-lasting effect in this in this world. And, and I, I'm from Covington, Kentucky. That's that's the biggest part of it, right? It was like this is bigger than the United States. This is bigger than Kentucky. This is this is a global a global issue that we could really solve with this product. And I'm from Covington, Kentucky. That that's, <laughs> that's so that, I'm from Covington, Kentucky. The same neighborhood as majority of the people. You know what I mean? So it's. Yeah, it's, it's super. That's dope. wild. It's super dope. Man. It's super I love dope. it. I literally love it because I feel like that's like my passion is just helping people, and I feel like the work you're doing is truly remarkable. So like you should be proud. I know I everyone and coming to Kentucky should be proud. Like this is something that I feel like is just gonna take off for you. Mm-hmm. Like manifest it now. Like I honestly can see so much growth with this, especially if you keep developing like new products and et cetera, et cetera. But Proud of you, dude. Like, yeah, real. I, like, I appreciate the no, so I appreciate that. Yeah. Like, no, it's exciting. It still feels surreal at times because it's like, you know, it, it's as a founder, even you with your podcast, right? You know, the more you grow, when you look back, it's like you, it, it's almost, it's, it's amazing to see the growth. Like, it, it's only been two years. You know what I mean? Like, we just got networked. I can't even say the names because it's, it's still pinning. But we just got networked into like these huge markets with indiv- high name individuals, and it's just like, whoever would have thought that, like. You know, it's just who is don't envision yeah. it. Like, yeah, you don't yeah. It but because... we manifested it though, because it's like you, we had these dreams in mind. But the thing is, that's the that's the beauty in dreaming, though. It's just like you can create whatever you want to create, as long as you got the steps to get there. You're gonna get there. It's just I don't know. I just I'm big on just dreams, innovation. Just so I, I just like it, random question just popped in my head. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give to any young individual out there who has an idea but doesn't know where to start? You already started. You already started. Really, because because when you had an idea, you already thought about something that you weren't thinking about before. So you really already started. So what I would do, honestly, is you need to take that idea and build it out. Really, really set down the set down the the steps. Set down your real plan. So like with us, just just a little history. Just throw it back on Safeway just to relate to this question. But with us, Safeway, like I said, we started as a home security product. Like we were. When you bought Safeway, you were buying the cameras, the wall hub, you were buying everything. 
But what we did is we thought through the process. So we slowed down a little bit. We built that foundation first. Okay, what is our real idea? Who are our real customers? But you could do that with any idea. You could be a you could you could think of the best candle in your eyes, right? You could be a candle maker. And you say, this scent right here, this scent is going to make me X amount of dollars. Well, what, what do we have to do to get to that candle, right? Okay, it's going to include wax. Where are you getting your wax from? How are you scenting it? It's going to include a glass to hold the wax. Where are you, Who's distributing? It's just all about setting up that foundation. So really what I would tell any founder that is thinking about doing an idea, first and foremost, go for it. Talk to people. Find somebody that knows the industry that you're going in. So like me with tech... I talk to a lot of tech people and tech funders and individuals have set on board for tech companies because they relate to what I'm trying to do. So if you're trying to start a you know clothing brand, for example, you can get on Instagram and message anybody that started a clothing brand and figure out. I'm not sure if you're familiar with FUBU or not, but Damon Johns, he actually went out with his clothes, FUBU. And what he was doing is he wasn't giving these celebrities the gear to wear. He was giving the security guards the gear to wear. So now when all these security guards are getting all this gear to wear, all these individuals are around them, these famous people, why aren't we getting it? We want the FUBU. We want. So next thing you know, you got these bigger names wanting FUBU. FUBU ended up blowing up. Damon Johns blew up by simply just chasing. It's really about creativity, man. Just just be creative with the way you're you're going about it. Nah, Set up that I, foundation I, and I chase it. it, man. Chase that. Chase I totally it. get it. Chase that shit, man. Chase <laughs> it, man. When I was creating this podcast, it took... A lot. Mm-hmm. Um, just because at the time, like, we were in the pandemic. So, like, I had a lot more free time to, like, mm-hmm. really think and go through things. But I definitely reached out to, like, multiple people who had podcasts. Like, how do you do it? What do you use? Like, how? what system do you use? And did how it benefit you? you? Oh, for sure. Like, there you go. There you go. <laughs> I'm here now. So, it was just, like, and plus it was more so, like, really figuring out what I wanted to talk about. Because I always thought, like, sports were huge, mm-hmm. huge in my life. Played growing up, could have played in college, decided not to, became a coach, really just sports, worked in sports, got a sports degree. I was like, I kind of want to do a sport podcast, Mm -hmm. you know? But then I was like, I'm putting myself in a box. Like, Mm -hmm. if I do a sports podcast, I'm only going to hit an audience that enjoys sports. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, oh, talking to my best friend, shout out to Devon. (laughs) Appreciate (laughs) you. There you go. Um, But I was just like, damn, like. I'm always wanting to like help other people. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, we just like, we're just chatting. And I was like, what if, what if we just like have people just tell their stories? Then it came to like the name. And mm-hmm. then I was like, all right, like everyone has a why. Like, why not like think of that? And then when we got to Ignite, I was like, all right, let's spell it with a Y. So it all ties there in. There you together. go, ties in. Yeah, like, it's the brand. It's the brand. But it was just yeah. like, I never knew I had that creative side. But but the thing is, too, is that I don't even think you realize, which is a point that a lot of founders, um, even overlooking themselves, you you had a vulnerability to you that you didn't even realize that you were explain, displaying. Because when you're reaching out to these people, you're being vulnerable with them. Because now, if you ask me a question, I now know that I know something that you don't know. You just show me a vulnerability. I got more power than you in what we're about to talk about because I know what we're talking about. So I think that is a very, 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 very important characteristic when it comes to what kind of the question you ask, you know, what do you, how do you go about it? Be vulnerable, be vulnerable because previous, like I said, you know, my company, we were building it now for two years. We took like a year off with COVID to focus on other things, but that one year we were building, we weren't listening to people. And when I say that, I don't mean we weren't hearing them or understanding, but we weren't taking their words and really applying it to our business the way that we should have. 
because we knew everything. You can't tell me how to, I came up with this great idea. We don't know what you're talking about. Whereas we flipped the script now and we were like, okay, let's actually listen and learn from these people because they're in the field. They know best. And within, you know, we ended up winning a, we joined Mortar Covington, which is an accelerator program. We won People's Choice Award. We got accepted in the SOCAP, which is amazing. Um, next, we're shooting for Techstars. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Techstars. Uh, they have over 17,000 applications a year. Only 1% get accepted. And they actually give you 120 grand to even just towards your venture, like towards your capital that you're trying to raise. Um, once again, I'm from Covington and we're raising $2.17 million, but I'm from Covington. So it's very significant. Um, and I think that's important to hear too, because I'm from Covington and I'm raising $2.17 million. You know what I'm saying? It's, 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 it is what it is. But at the end of the day, now that when I started listening to people, 2.7 million doesn't sound, it doesn't sound like anything. 2.17 million is not a lot of money at all. Like we, we're going to blow $2.17 million in less than six months. Like it's nothing. So that's when you start listening to people, basically you start, but the vulnerability piece is what I was getting at. The, be vulnerable. That's listen vulnerable. to people, listen to people, man. You never know. You never know. And you said it earlier in this, in this episode, man, education is key, man. I'm telling you, nobody can ever steal your education from you. You can't literally. Only, right? Knowledge is you power. You can't take knowledge is power. You cannot take somebody's education. That is so true. You talked about COVID taking a year off. Mm -hmm. So 2020 was a wild year mm -hmm. <laughs> for a lot of people Very. with the pandemic and everything else that was going on in the world. And then 2021, it's still kind of like... Eh, you don't really know. Half back, half uh, but back. my question for you is just, how have you been taking care of yourself mentally? Um, so I'm glad that you even asked this question because I'm extremely into mental health as well now. And I think the pandemic is really what opened that, um, which is why I always say logic over emotion, because I believe that previous to the pandemic, I was very... I was an emotional reactor, whether that was happiness, whether that was anger, whether it was set, it was an extreme, there wasn't too much thinking in between. Um, but once I kind of slowed down, I ended up, I ended up going to therapy. So I actually went to therapy during the pandemic and everything like that back in like 29, well, pre-pandemic 2019. Um, but really it's just mental health is all around important. Um, I'm no good to nobody if I'm not good to myself. That's the way I look at it. I feel like I'm doing somebody a disservice if I'm not giving them my 100% every day. And I can't give somebody my 100% if I'm not 100%. So when it comes to mental, I'm very strong on just even by you saying like, you know, hey, I'm off on the weekends now. Previous to this conversation, I'm off on the weekends now. I love it. Like, that's good because you need breaks and breaks is very important for mental. And it's just I, mental is it. It'll make or break you. I, I could I could force myself to work for three months straight, but I'm gonna end up crashing out and not be able to work for six months because it's gonna take me six months to recover the three month mental damage that I did. So I definitely think that everybody needs, I would say at least two mental days built in. And if you can't make that much, then at least every day take a take an hour or so to yourself and just whether that's outside breathing the air in or listen to your favorite favorite podcast or, or watching a quick move, whatever it may be. I think that when it comes to mental, um, and that goes anything outside of business, it, it could be personal, anything like that. You are only as good as you are inside your head. Like that's, I'm, I'm big on mental, man. I, I think it's a, it's an amazing thing. And I definitely think that mental is something that even our region in Covington really needs to be exposed to and focus on even more too. Because growing up, like I said, when I was 12, the conversations that were had between, you know, previous you know the conversation in that household were not conversations that were supposed to be 
you know, exposed to a 12-year-old's ears. But once again, that's growth, right? It's, it's, it happens. But mental, no, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm a big advocate for mental too. And I love that you asked that question. And I don't think you ever need to change that question to keep <laughs> Well, first, I'm proud of you for taking the first step into healing. For sure. I think it takes a lot of courage to take that first step. It's the vulnerability. I know, like, when I was in that position, I was like, eh, like, I, like, I knew. Like, you know, like, it just, I fell off. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, for sure. And it's just... Now that I go, I go to therapy every two weeks, mm-hmm. um, just because I feel like bi like week biweekly is a lot easier for me than going weekly. Mm-hmm. I just don't feel like I need it weekly. Mm-hmm. But it's just having those conversations and really letting your wall down because I feel like as men, uh, we're taught to push everything aside mm-hmm. and not really cope with whatever we're dealing with. So for me, growing up, I did that with with sports and staying busy. So it was always like on the go, on the go, like playing for three different basketball teams. Then when I got to college, it was working, doing other things, coaching, keeping myself busy so I didn't have to address Mm -hmm. what I was going through. And I think COVID really opened my eyes for that as well. So like I'm glad that yeah because you because at the end of the it. day you have to you have to lay your head back down on that pillow at night and there's no distractions and if you push it out, it's gonna come back man I'm I'm glad you took the steps too man it was it was weird because I always thought the same thing like oh it's therapy like this stranger's gonna it's gonna talk to me like I'm gonna I'm gonna tell this stranger my problem they're gonna go home and not give a damn right like there's just a random person getting paid to listen to me like but it's weird because when I first went in there it's I don't even know if I'm supposed to say that because you, uh, well, you guys don't know my therapist, but I ended up making her cry, right? And she was embarrassed because she was like, I'm not supposed to do this. I was like, it's fine. But it's, it's just the principle of just like therapy isn't just a place where you talk to people about your problems. They really teach you and go back and teach you how to navigate those issues mm-hmm. and find not only the root of it, but how do you really heal yourself about it? And that's why I love therapy because every week that I walked out, because I was in therapy for a very intensive time. I was like four, it was like four weeks straight, just quick four weeks. Um, I had a bad crash out. I was, I was down bad, but uh, therapy did help. And, and all it was is they took my thoughts and they took that, that tangled up ball of just emotion and thoughts. And they just lined it out for me flat, helped me think through it. And I will mm-hmm. say that I think even that calmed me down too and made me more emotionally intelligent. And it made me more just intelligent in general because I'm able to handle my emotions better now because I know how to think through those emotions before I just blurt out what I'm feeling. I get it. No, so it's therapy's so, like it's wild. It. it makes me like when you're speaking that, it makes me think of like what my my therapist has always told me. Mm-hmm. She's like the power of agreement. Like your mind, mm-hmm. like you have like there's this this um, gut like wrench, like this wound inside of you, and your mind is trained to think a certain way, mm-hmm. but you actually have the power to agree with this situation mm-hmm. and it's understanding and recognizing what, when your emotions are hijacked and not giving the power to agree with that emotion. It's, that makes it, sense. it's insane, man. No, it makes total sense. <laughs> it's just, it's insane, man. And it, it definitely all relates back to business too, because at the end of the day, you're, like I said, you your mental is everything when it comes to this business, man. You can't, you won't progress, man. If you're down on your, I though everything, no matter what, when when I look at my day, man, I stay as positive as possible because I know it takes one negative thought to really take you down that mm-hmm. that slump, man. So I, stay positive, keep hustling. That's what I say every day. I say it to myself. I say it to social media every day. Stay positive, keep hustling. Not just for social media to see, but for myself to see because it's like an empowerment to me because. 
I can get online and see something negative. And I can see I can find something negative online quicker than I can find something positive. You know what I'm saying? So if I could just put that one positive message out there to people like, man, keep hustling. You got man, this, I feel man. it. Like, go with it. Man. That's Come the on. worst thing about social media is like I feel like sometimes you get on there and it's just your news feed is so shitty. Yeah, it's man. Like, like damn, we're gonna like, share the negative shit. No, I'm nah. just like, I just need to get off of this. Like mm-hmm. that's why I don't really get on social media. Like I get on social media to promote my podcast. Um, other than that, I usually am on Instagram because I feel like Instagram is the least negative space. Because <laughs> it's people can't type. They yeah, got it's like a picture. Yeah, so exactly, like, exactly. Yeah, it's very sense. controlled. That makes sense. But man, like I, I appreciate you. I appreciate you for taking the time out of your busy schedule. It seems like to <laughs> chop it up and really just talk about your story. I feel like it's gonna inspire like a lot of young individuals, especially people. From Covington, if you're listening, shout out to the 859, the COD, yes sir, yes sir, born and raised, yes sir. Um, but really, thank you. No, no, no. It was always a pleasure, man. It's it's definitely I love I love things like this, man. Especially you know, like I said, you're from Covington, man. It's it's only right, like it's only right, it's only right, it's only right. (laughs) So if people want to continue having a conversation with you about anything that we talked about today. What is the best way for them to get a hold of you? So my name is one of the best things about me is my name, right? Super unique, Trayvon Brook, but it's spelled B R U C H. So anybody can hit me up on either Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever it may be. However, however you feel the need to hit me up, hit me up like that. Um, like I said, my name is it's spelled very uniquely, so there's only going to be one. But um, if not, I'm always uh, an email address as well, where it's just uh, Trayvon at SafeWaveTech.com. Um, or my IG handle is just Trayvon Bro, Facebook, Trayvon Bro, LinkedIn, Trayvon Bro. Everything's my name. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, man. I appreciate it. it. I'm yeah. going to put all of Trayvon's information in the description below. If you guys happen to reach out to him, please just put a note saying where you found him so he knows. But again, thank you guys for listening in. And always remember, find your purpose and ignite your why.